Hey everyone, uh, if you're listening to this, uh, you're listening to uh, the second part of a discussion that John and I had on biology and uh, navigating the flow cycle. Um, in this episode, we're going to get into uh, honoring your uh, distractibility and, and recognizing that and working with it, um, some strategies that we use to reset uh, during the day, and, um, and, and being intentional about uh, recovery. Uh, as a means to greater productivity. So the conversation that you're about to listen to is great, um, but you're going to get the most out of this by going back and listening to uh, uh, part one, which we released earlier this week. So um, go ahead and do that if you haven't already. Uh, and if you're not interested, that's a okay. Uh, uh, c- continue listening and uh, you're going to listen to, uh, and you'll hear a, a pretty cool discussion we're going to have. Welcome to Finding Flow, where your hosts George Russian and John Honeycutt guide you on topics related to finding and achieving the optimal state of human consciousness known as flow state. They will share principles of neuroscience and peak performance, offering practical takeaways and actionable challenges to support you in finding your flow. We'll transition into, we wanted to talk about navigating the flow cycle a little bit, John. Um, I know you have a, a lot to say about this. And then, um, yeah, similarly, I, I have, some, I have some, some notes as well. So I'll let you, I'll let you go. Yeah. I mean, I think what's, uh, what's interesting about this is that we've typically looked at flow, that optimal state of consciousness and human experience where performance is highly increased, creativity, innovation, problem solving are 500% um, as a binary like a light switch, like I'm either in the zone or I'm not in the zone, or I'm on fire or I'm not on fire, like in a, in a good way. Um, and what we actually know through the work of uh, uh, a psychiatrist and Dr. Uh, Herbert Benson of Harvard Medical School, he's done some work that's shown that there are actually discrete phases, circular phases of a flow cycle, and that there are four phases that you go through when you're working towards being in flow. The problem is I think a lot of us are stuck in one of those phases and don't know the way out. And so the four phases are, first, you're going to be dealing with something that's a hard mental or physical challenge. And so there's a struggle phase. So the good news is that the struggle phase is actually it's a very effective part of productivity and performance. It's a very effective part of a strategy for fulfillment and happiness. You just want to like we talked about earlier, like knowing when to stop and take a break, you want to know when to not push. So there's an art here, George, because if you if you pull out too early, so to speak, you're not going to be moving forward in the cycle. If you stay too long, you're not going to be moving forward in the cycle. So again, for me, I think about a 45 to 50 minute focus. I'm writing a book right now, so it could be that I start a writing block and I just... I start grinding and then I have this like psychological relationship like I uh, I'm struggling a little bit I don't know what to do I it's too big for me okay that's the time that I need to to step away and go to the next phase of the cycle before I create that I just wanted to see anything you want to add on that struggle phase No I I well yes actually I I I think that um uh you know we we 
I, I like what you had to say about the struggle phase. I think that um, there's a, a, a trap, and you, you, you talked about it, uh, uh, alluded to it a little bit earlier, is, you know, uh, you kind of get distracted some, some you, you could, uh, get distracted with other things, uh, maybe during the workday, uh, like you said, like reading the news or something like that, right? And, and it, and it um, uh, usually for me, I now take that as a sign of, like I'm, I'm blocked and I need to get up and I need to go do something like that's not, that's, that's now, that's now kind of like the tip for me. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. I want to, I want to start kind of, uh, you know, uh, uh, getting away from whatever the, you know, whatever the task at hand was the, like the, the work that I actually want, you know, want, say I want to get done that day. Oh, I'm meandering over towards this, uh, that probably means that I'm, I, I, it's, it's time, mm-hmm. uh, for like a little, you know, a little 10 minute break or something like that, and then come back and re-engage with the, with the work. That's a brilliant, uh, awareness. I really love that you created that. Cause I think a lot of people look at that distractibility as a character flaw or something that they have to push through. And again, coming from this more natural, compassionate way of looking at performance, that's just your body telling you like, this isn't working right now. I need to stop. So don't like, stop being distracted and then keep pushing, stop being distracted and then go get intentional about releasing, which is the next phase of the cycle. Um, that release phase is really, really critical. Um, it's, it's a trigger that you're pulling that we talked earlier about switching the environment, um, releasing tension specifically. You can say the words, you know, Brendan Burchard in the RTSI practice literally will just say release release, release. It's a way of just letting your your mind get off of what you're talking about, getting out of the office or getting out of where the kids are if you're, if you're dealing with your children or whatever this, this struggle scene was, stepping into a different environment. I like to go out in my front yard and I'll take my shoes off and I'll just stand in the, in the grass and ground a little bit. My neighbors see me do this probably around 10 o'clock in the morning each day. Um, you know, but whatever, like some people take a walk, some people take a shower. Why you have the greatest ideas in the shower is because you've discreetly now moved into the second phase of this cycle without knowing it maybe. And your brain is off of what you were grinding on. And all of a sudden your brain can now provide you answers that you didn't see before, make connections that were invisible to you because you were really sort of myopically struggling. Yeah, I, I I think that's great, and I, I um, uh, use a lot of the same uh, uh, tactics, we'll say, to, uh, to 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 break things up. Um, la- last thing, I'll, I'll I I think that we should kind of talk about at least at least here, but kind of before we talk about some some of the recovery um, activities that we like, um, or and and why that's important. Uh, but uh, I. I I, I don't want to. I don't want to. I do want to recognize that sometimes uh, you are. Uh, you might be blocked, and you can't get up and take a walk, or you can't necessarily disengage. And so, um, I, I, I know what that looks like for me, at least uh, athletically. <laughs> uh, like there are times when, uh, like I mentioned, you'll, you'll you know I'll, I'll be training for hours and hours at, 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 on end, and if I'm training. That's something where I can I can actually structure my I can structure my efforts to actually have a a break in, in, in the training. Um, if we're talking about like a, a, a race situation or something like that, um, at least on the on the bike, there's uh, uh, a uh, 
it's not really a phenomenon. It's it actually happens. But uh, you've probably heard of people drafting, or maybe in car racing, right? There's some like drafting uh, where you can actually sit in behind someone and do less work, uh, and and uh, but continue with, along at the same speed as the rest of the of the group, essentially by sitting in their in their draft. And so uh, there's an op- opportunities there, uh, even even uh, in at least in my own athletic ende- endeavor to do that. I know um, in uh, uh, in play, uh, in uh, when I was uh, active in jujitsu. Uh, there are ways to uh, conserve your energy in jiu-jitsu and certainly like the better you get, the better you get at uh, really at conserving your energy and being able, being able to uh, endure and last a long time uh, uh, in, a, in a match uh, or in a training session or something like that. Um, and so getting good at, 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 like, at, at those tactics uh, from an, an athletic standpoint. Um, uh, professionally though, John, I'm interested to hear like what you have to say because I know sometimes – uh, you know, I might be in a meeting for an hour and it's hard to, it's, it's hard, it's hard to be on quote unquote, um, uh, for that entire block of time. Now I have some things that I do in that block of time that help me stay, uh, stay sharp. Uh, but I'm interested to, to know, like, because from a coaching perspective, um, you, uh, a lot of times have to be kind of the person, uh, who is fully engaged for, for a whole hour. So what does that look like for you when, when, uh, when, it, when, it, you know, the signal kind of drops out for a minute, but you, you can't necessarily get up and walk away? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really great question. I want to address it from two different perspectives. There's the perspective of being in a race, let's say as a metaphor, where it's a four or five hour endeavor and you just cannot go take a shower in the middle of it. You know, you can't go stand barefoot in your front yard and hug your tree, right? Um, So there's that perspective. There's also the perspective of just what do you do within a specific time block, within a specific hour. So I think for both of those, well, the first thing I would say is that a release activity doesn't have to take more than five or 10 seconds and to be very effective. You just have to really, really get that you need the release. So one thing I would say is mostly our eyes are focused on things a couple feet in front of us, like a screen. Can you turn and look out the window and look at something in the mid or far distance just for a moment? That's something I do. If I'm, I often will have coaching calls back to back throughout the day. And yeah, I don't have an opportunity to get as much release but I can turn from looking at the screen to just look outside and let my focus just open up for a second. It's physical, but it's also a psychological thing. Everybody can breathe. Even if you're in the middle of a three hour sales presentation that you're delivering, you can take a second, close your eyes for a second and just take a couple deep breaths. You would be really, really surprised. Like five deep breaths strategically placed when you're in the middle of a struggle phase will help you shift. Um, now, we talked earlier, so looking at the context of the race, like when you, what, what, if, what if you can't take a breath? What if you can't turn your eyes off the prize and you're in the middle of a competitive situation? The good news is those are few and far between. Those are things that hopefully you're preparing for. And what we talked about with the SEAL teams and that you're, you'll default to the level of your training. Part of the reason we're training you to take these breaks to focus on release activities, to not struggle, to cultivate energy, to build the bank balance of energy, to not push forward all the time, is that when you need it, now you got some fuel in the tank. And so if you need to redline, because I don't know, there's a crisis, you can, versus being empty in your fuel tank. If you need to compete, 
no problem, go do it. Now you want to accommodate that after the fact, but you want to have cultivated your life in such a way that you've got that in reserve because you've been training, you've been intentional. Does that make sense in both of those situations? Oh, uh, hundred percent, hundred percent. I, 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 um, uh, I, I, I think all that's great. I, a couple things I want, I would, I would add, um, as someone who, uh, ends up kind of setting up a lot of uh, a, a lot of meetings or being involved in about a lot of meetings and things uh, 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 for for work um, one recommendation I would have is to get uh, get comfortable taking notes that's one thing uh, while uh, uh, especially now a lot of my meetings are uh, um, uh, you know over 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 zoom right so you're you're kind of on uh, on camera a lot of times. Um, and for me, it's important to, uh, to be on camera. It's important to demonstrate and actually be engaged with, uh, the person that I'm, or people that I'm, that I'm meeting with. I think that's important. Um, but we, what I can do, right? Well, so then it would be hard for me to get up, uh, and walk around or something like that. Uh, one, I think it's fine to get up and stretch. And like, I, I think that's becoming very, uh, much more common, uh, commonplace now, at least in, 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 in um, uh, the type of meetings I'm in. You get up and kind of stretch, and as long as you're engaged in the conversation, I, I, I don't think that really bothers any any anybody. So don't be afraid, is what I'm getting at. Don't be afraid to, if that's like your thing, don't be afraid to do that uh, in the service of um, you know kind of get, get resetting yourself or getting yourself in a good headspace. So there, a lot of times, you know, we kind of get fall into that trap where okay, there's no opportunity to to reset here when actually there is if if we're just if we're clear about, you know, what we're doing. And then um, kind of getting back to what I was saying, I, I also like to take uh, take notes uh, at, as I go for a couple reasons. One, uh, it helps me kind of stay straight with what actually is happening uh, and stay uh, fully engaged with what's happening on a, on a, um, uh, in a meeting. Uh, it helps me come back to that later on. Sometimes you have back-to-back meetings, right? And you can't necessarily uh, fully decompress or something like that afterwards. So it helps me come back to that uh, that that piece of work an hour or two hours later or something like that um, and be clear on what's going on. And then three, uh, I think that um, uh, maybe if you don't feel comfortable getting up or walking around or something like that, one uh, one thing that you can do is is kind of start to, to start to recap the meeting kind of midway. Okay, you know, John, what I heard you say right there was this, this, and this. I just want to make sure I'm getting this straight because I know we have blah 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 deadline coming up, and and allow 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 the other the uh, somebody else in the meeting to kind of reset for you, let them, you know, and, and then you can kind of go back through and, and make sure, and then we can kind of use that as, as one, it's productive to make sure that everybody is actually on the same page. So it's not, it's not a, it's not a waste of time, certainly, but it also kind of lets you take a breath uh, before you move on to maybe, the, you know, the next agenda item or something like that. Um, every bullet point, just kind of recap what, what you went over. It allows for a little break, for, uh, allows a little bit of a break for everybody, allows everybody to get on the same page and then, and then you can move on. You don't have to get up and feel weird or whatever, you know, whatever it is. Uh, and, um, uh, you know, it's, it's productive at the same time. So those are some things that I do mm-hmm. get comfortable taking notes and also just get comfortable, you know, maybe getting up and moving around a little bit. Uh, turn your, turn your camera off, you know, just yeah. for a second, turn your camera off and stand up, you know, just standing up, doing some like uh, chest huggers, like bouncing on the, the balls of your feet, just something. There's, there's, there's neurological phenomenon that are occurring both in the struggle phase and in the release phase that people should know about. And in the struggle phase, you're really fueled by beta waves in your brain. So you've got these fast, hard charging sort of prefrontal cortex generated 
brain waves, which is great for, you know, doing brain work. And then you're using a lot of cortisol and adrenaline in your system. And that's the, in the fight or flight response, that's the fight side. That's the side that gets you up. So cortisol in our um, society gets a little bit of a bad rap because it's associated with a lot of chronic stress. But when you're using it in a struggle phase strategically, it's really powerful. But then when you do, when you move into the release phase, it allows your brain waves to kind of slow down a little bit. And then what's happening, what Herbert Benson talked about in his book, The Breakout Principle, is your brain will shoot in some nitric nitrous oxide and it flushes all of the cortisol and adrenaline out of your brain which gives you like that reset and it doesn't take but 30 seconds to a minute to two minutes. So that's the one thing I really want listeners to be taking away from this conversation is just start to get more aware of your energy, start to get more aware of when you're in struggle, start resisting the urge to just be a cortisol and adrenaline and caffeine junkie and push, push, push to perform and start to take a step back, start to release. Because that's the third stage now of the cycle is once you do that release, whether it's for 10 minutes or for two minutes or whatever it looks like, when you come back to work, you won't come back into a struggle phase. You'll come back into a flow phase. That's the promise. That's the next discrete phase of the cycle. And then all of a sudden you're faced with the same exact work challenge or creativity challenge or whatever it is that you're focusing your consciousness on, but you're doing it at a higher level. You've kind of spiraled back at a much, much higher level than you were before. And that's where all of a sudden you're getting big gains in productivity, big gains in decision making, big gains in creativity and innovation. Now, just like the struggle phase, you don't want to stay too long in the flow phase. Even though flow feels great and you're kicking major butt and you're really performing well, it's the same thing. There will come a point where it's the time to exit. In my opinion, you should exit kind of at the top of the ride. Don't wait till you bottom back out. You know, when, when you've done your work and you've gone another 30, 40, 50 minutes, now it's time to come back and then you want to recover. This would be like the pit stop. And that's the final phase of the four-phase flow principle or flow cycle that Herbert Benson has done really great work on kind of creating and distinguishing both neuroelectrically, neurochemically and neuroanatomically. So I think to bring this home for the listeners, the real keys here are knowing when to release from struggle and knowing how to recover from a very heavy flow state. So uh, on that uh, recovery, we haven't talked, uh, we haven't talked hardly at all about that. So I, I know that, uh, um, uh, I have something. I have some things that I do to recover uh, uh, daily. But I'm interested, John. Um, what are, What are some things that you do to to recover on a daily basis, or even like a, a weekly basis? I know that you are, are weekly, or, or even even longer cycles. I know that you have a um, uh, kind of a distinct way, even that you set up your calendar over the course of the year to kind of recover. So, mm-hmm. like, what are what are some things that you do? Uh, I'll start from the daily and then kind of move out. But I'll just say at the beginning, like this is my growth edge. Learning as I. <clears throat> As I've been intentional about growing my flow and growing my productivity, one of the things that I learned that surprised me is that I'm the one who's doing all the work. Do you get what I mean by that? Like we all of a sudden we're like, hey, I'm gonna do so, I'm gonna add in way more things than I used to do. It's awesome. And I have the energy to do it now. 
But then when I spend that energy, if you haven't accounted for where it's going to come back to you, it's like you're overdrafting your checking account. And I've had some experiences of that this year. So I take my active recovery and all the recovery activities like a job. I take it very seriously. I literally, I focus more on my recovery than I do on my performance or being in flow. So that's just a little disclaimer right at the beginning. Um, at a daily level, I do things like I'll take an Epsom salt bath midday and I take a nap. I take about a 15 minute micro nap every day because I'm working longer days than most people. That to me is a, an absolute necessity, kind of a midday break where I can relax, allow myself to completely unwind, even get a little bit of REM sleep and then go back at it. Um, my wife and I ended up buying an uh, infrared sauna recently. So four or five times during the week, I'll go in for 15 minutes in the IR sauna. It's an amazing recovery tool. Um, the last thing I'll say, there's there's many, many things I do from a recovery perspective, but the last thing I do kind of on a daily basis is I've set up a slack line in my backyard between two big trees. And when I have a few minutes, I'm no, I'm no kind of professional slack liner, and I'm not really growing that skill set, but I use it as kind of a form of meditation. So between clients, I'll run downstairs, grab an apple or something, and I'll stand on the slack line and I'll just walk back and forth on the slack line as a means of moving meditation, which is a form of recovery for me. I think that's, uh, uh, I think those are great. And, uh, I wish I was better at slacklining. Um, <laughs> I might, might, might do that in my, my own backyard. Uh, I know for, uh, for me, um, uh, like we said about the, uh, Epsom salt bath, um, I, I, uh, especially after a, a hard, uh, uh, more so for me, like on the, on the weekends, I, I will, I will do that. I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't do a midday midweek, uh, Epsom salt bath, but I, I would like to, uh, maybe, maybe I'll look at that at some point. <laughs> um, uh, I use, um, uh, I like to, I, I try to alleviate fascial adhesions. That's so kind of, uh, out of left field, but that's something that I do, uh, uh several times a week. And so for those unfamiliar, essentially like in, uh, Lots of parts of your body, especially around uh, areas that you work. Uh, so for me, like my my legs and hips and, and things, like you'll you'll start to notice that um, essentially there's certain parts of your body where it's very hard to develop uh, muscle and to get rid of fat. And so uh, what you'll you'll find that the, those are uh, in a lot of cases fascial adhesions, especially when um, uh, how do I want to put this. Uh, Especially when I know it's an area that, like, I've worked. Like, it's not it's not an area where there's fat there just because it's it's not it's it's underworked or or something like that. Um, so I try to alleviate fascial adhesions, allow um, all the energy that I do or all the all the, the calories as energy that I take into my body uh, to create muscle and and to be. Uh, I want my body, uh, my my actual vessel, to be ma maximally efficient. So I try to create the space for that. Um, and then uh, uh, second thing I'll talk about is is kind of um, being proactive uh, about uh, your recovery a little bit. And so uh, for me, that looks like, uh, you know, we've, we've kind of, uh, we've talked about diet here or there, but I, I'm super intentional about my diet. So what, what I'm eating uh, on a daily basis. And then, um, uh, it, sorry, it, to make a distinction between like a, a dieting, like I, I, uh, I'm intentional about like what I put in my body, not necessarily uh, like following a certain uh, book or like an Atkins or something like that. Uh, so, uh, 
uh, I'm specific about that. And then, um, I, especially now, uh, this time of year, uh, I try to, uh, uh, supplement where I can with, uh, with vitamins like vitamin C, vitamin D, um, uh, uh, magnesium, uh, things like that, that are going to, uh, prevent me from getting, getting sick, maybe getting as sick as I would have if I, if I do happen, if I do happen to get sick, those type of things, because, um, yeah, I want, I want to be able to, to be productive and be healthy, uh, as much as possible, uh, to get into the flow states that we're, you know, we're, we're you know, we're talking about. So those are some things that I'll, I'll do on a, on a, on a, on a daily basis. Yeah, I love the I love the fascial adhesion focus. Um, foam rolling, fascia blasters, visiting a you know myofascial release specialist or rolfer are all great things to do. Massage, by the way, is a great massage or is a great uh, recovery activity. Um, let's let's break out some key takeaways and action steps for listeners. Things that we think they could take on. Um, for me, like one of the, the key takeaways from this whole conversation is like William James, um, who's one of the first American psychologists said back in 1905, he said the great thing then is to make our nervous system our ally instead of our enemy. So that's the first thing I would say is work with your biology, work with your energy. The real peak performance is energy management, not time management. Uh, for me, probably... I would say the biggest the biggest takeaway is um, taking taking ownership of your of your schedule and and um, uh, uh, putting yourself in the in, in the driver's seat. It 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 will allow you to do all the things that we had talked about earlier, uh, as far as uh, you know, resetting and recovering and and um, uh, getting into a flow state. And 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 part of that is don't feel guilty about being blocked. Uh, I think that was if I if. If I had to sum up the, you know, what what was important to me in a, in a few words, um, it, it's not a problem to not feel inspired uh, to do whatever it is, you know, twenty four hours a day. That's not how we're built, and so don't get rid of that guilt and uh, and be okay with the, you know, resetting and recovery and all the other things that uh, um, um, are are important in the cycle, uh, and, and will get you back to feeling inspired and being in flow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say. Um also, another big takeaway for me is to, although this is a, a podcast and an initiative that's developed to be in flow and to be a peak performer, I would say for most, 99% of the people listening, let go of flow and let go of performance and really shift the intentionality and focus towards release and recovery and watch how your life opens up. So just some some action challenges that we could give you is like really start getting sensitive to where you're at in the struggle phase. Just start noticing when you're feeling like got all that cortisol and adrenaline and I'm starting to beat my head up against the wall and find a way that works for you and works for your situation to take some breaks, do some breathing, do some light calisthenic work, something. Take something from this episode that you're going to take on from a break perspective and then I would also say take on a recovery activity. Take on something that like George and I talked about, or you can Google active recovery, um, something. Take a walk, foam roll. Take some way of giving yourself some energy back. And and I'll just add one thing to that. 
if I had to if I had to put one thing out there to to go to go do or or like a uh, yeah a um, yeah a, a to do this week is start putting personal time. Uh, especially if you're if you're if you're not working for your, I would say even if you are working for yourself, um, whether you're working for yourself or somebody else, take that personal time, put it on your calendar, and honor it, um, and that will uh, that's made a world of difference for me, uh, and I, I I suspect it would make a world of difference for you if you're not already doing that. Um, start 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 putting those uh, those blocks of time for you to reset or have lunch or go for a walk or whatever it is on your calendar, um, and. Uh, see what comes of it. So much richness in this conversation. George, thank you. I um, really also appreciate you and the focus that you had on that this is not a sprint. This is a marathon. Peak performance is a lifetime avocation. You don't have to get there tomorrow. You know, just slowly, slowly start honoring some of these principles and see how things shift. So thank you for a beautiful conversation. Thank you, John.